Welcome to the Rise Network podcast show, a podcast dedicated to help you reach your dream lifestyle through investing in real estate. We're going to be sitting down with new, intermediate, and experienced investors to talk all about real estate and how it has changed their lives. If you're looking to scale your portfolio or even just get into real estate investing, you're in the right place. Make sure to tune in. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Rise Real Estate Investing Podcast with your host, Austin Ye and Mayu Thava, I guess, but he's just not here in the preamble. Don't worry about that. He'll be there in the episode today as a co-host, so uh, no worries. Um, but anyways, yesterday we had a Rise Network in-person meetup, and it's been such a long time since we hosted an in-person meetup, and it was phenomenal to get to see tons of investors face-to-face, chat with them, People that I feel like I've known forever because I've spoken to them on social media since the beginning of the pandemic, but I finally got to meet in person, got to reconnect with old friends. Um, yeah, it was all, all in all, it was an amazing event and we had a pretty phenomenal turnout. Um, so like these in-person networking events, I know a lot of people have been asking for it. If you want to be in, stay in tune for the next event, make sure to uh, follow us on at Rise Network event on Instagram and go and join our Facebook page, Rise Network, to be on top of all of our future events. We're likely going to be hosting one next month as well, if no rules or regulations change, and if weather permits, because we can't do indoor events right now. But uh, nonetheless, really appreciate all of the investors and aspiring investors who showed up. It's phenomenal getting to have conversations and meeting you guys face-to-face. Without further ado, we're going to jump into the podcast episode with our very special guest, Jefferson Ortiz, today. And Jefferson Ortiz is a hungry and motivated investor who hasn't been in the real estate game for too long, but sure as hell has accomplished a ton. He's been scaling his wholesaling business, is not afraid to spend money on mentorship. I'm working with two different mentors in the span of just a couple of years in his real estate journey, has acquired some properties, joint ventured on some properties and is actually looking to get into the multifamily space and acquire thousands of units over the next couple of years. So he's an extremely motivated investor, relatively new one as well. So for those of you guys who are just kind of starting off on your journey, you must listen to this episode. This guy's a ball of energy, and he's going to kick your ass into full gear to get started on your real estate journey. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Today, we are joined with our very special guest, Jefferson. Jefferson, how's it going, man? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing today? Doing good, not man. too bad, not too bad. Uh, Jefferson, so, so wait, do people call you Jefferson or Jeff? Jeff, right? Uh, Jeff, yeah, most yeah, of you should call me Jeff, shorter. <laughs> We're keeping it formal here, man. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, like, um, we, we met on, um, what was it called? Project, Project Mayhem, right? Project Mayhem, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where we met, right? Yeah, okay, cool. So, for anyone that doesn't know you, uh, why don't you give themselves, give everyone kind of like a quick background on um, what you do for a living, what you're up to today, and then we'll we'll dissect your backstory a little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So right now, um, I'm a full time insurance broker. Uh, like that's kind of my nine to five, and I also have a wholesale a wholesale business going in on the like as a part time, but more full time actually more than anything right now. And then we also, you know, are working on some bird projects and, uh, and then kind of getting more into the apartment building game. That's kind of where we are right now. You're, you're juggling a hell of a lot, man. Yeah, <laughs> you have that nine to five plus all those other businesses going on. I had no idea you were an insurance worker. How long have you been doing that? Yeah. So that's, uh, so I've been doing it for three years now. So I have a pretty, pretty large uh, book size of business, like as, a, as about two, 
two and a half or almost almost three million now of like book size of business. So it's uh, it's definitely a lot. I'm actually just in the process of hiring like a CSR or some sort of someone to assist me with the servicing side of things because it can definitely be a lot of overwhelming with that just with that alone. Yeah, and so I guess you were already in the self-employed side, right? Because it's not really like a nine to five. It's kind of like you work for yourself, like life insurance outside of things, or exactly no, exactly that's exactly how it is. So it's a four hundred percent commission job. So I've been in sales for the last three and a half years, and it's a hundred percent commission. And you have your own clients. There is you don't report to anybody. You don't work specific hours, but uh, it's almost worse than a nine to five because there is no nine to five. You're just <laughs> all over the place. Wake up at whatever time, and you got to grind until. You get your shit done. Oh, you're sorry. Your stuff done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no, you're all good. You can. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we said so much. <laughs> um, so, yeah. so look, like what brought you into the real estate side? Cause it sounds like you got a pretty good book of business on the insurance side. Like why not just keep blowing that up? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So basically what happened is, uh, you know, so I have for anybody that doesn't know, I have a two and a half year old turning three this year. And I have another, my wife's pregnant, so she'll be doing next month. Uh, so, so no, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And basically what happened is I just, I was working my, my insurance job and I was waking up early, going to bed late, working like Saturday, Sunday, everything. And I just was never caught up. I was always behind. I was always in the rat race. I was always, you know, exchanging my time for money. And, and basically I just said, there has to be another way. I see some people making money in real estate, some people making money in e-commerce. I had to look for another solution because I had no time. I was making com- some okay money, but I had no time at all. So that's when I came across like everybody, I think everybody in the podcast, uh, rich, that poor dad, right? And uh, I started digging a little bit more into, into real estate. And uh, that's kind of how I came across wholesaling and, and real estate in general. Nice. And when you started off with wholesaling, why? Well, I guess why wholesaling first and foremost, right? Why not jump straight into rental property since your income was pretty good? Uh, I assume you had some savings there as well. Uh, no, actually, I was I was actually really bad with my finances, so that was another mm. thing that I kind of had to get in, in place and and figure that out. Um, but the reason why wholesaling was because I the way I looked at it is I was already in a in a sales business or in a sales position, so I already had that experience dealing with customers, talking to people on the phone. And uh, basically, I came across somebody from the States, uh, Rafael Vargas. I don't know if you guys ever came across him. He was a big wholesaler out in the States. And just randomly, he just kind of promoted his business on my phone. And it came across like, you want to start with, uh, with real estate investing, no money down, no credit or nothing. And I'm like, this has to be a scam. And I just kind of digged into it <laughs> a little bit deeper. And then I'm, find, I'm finding out people in the States are making like millions of dollars doing wholesaling, never actually bought any properties, just kind of doing the whole process. And I just kind of digged a little bit deeper. And actually, it's funny, funny enough, that's how I met Austin is I met him at a, at a meetup event. Uh, do you remember that? The, the yeah, limo. I think it was a mastermind, right? It was, uh, it was the limo tour. It was the limo tour, limo in, tour. In, in Windsor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with uh, Ben Humble, Matt McKeever. And that was my first time coming across any like real estate investors that were actually doing deals. And I had this whole mindset of like, I'm going to do this in the States. Like I had, and I remember we were sitting with Austin that day and I was telling them like, yeah, I'm looking to do this in the States. And they're like, why don't you do it here? And I was like, you know what? Uh, I don't know. I don't know why I wasn't thinking about doing it here. I guess because all the videos and everything that you see is from the States, mainly in the States. Right. So. Yeah. I don't know why these real estate companies, like even, even on my phone, sometimes like like the, whether it's coaching, like the wholesaling stuff that you're talking about, like any kind of courses, it just comes off super like salesman And I'm just like, do you guys not realize that like, you make it seem more sketch than it actually is, right? But whatever. Um, so, so you you started to get educated. I guess you started attending some events. Um, when did you start like 
wholesaling per se? Like when did you try sourcing your own deals? I guess. So, so that was, um, that was last year early. Like I want to say February, like I did a lot of research and a lot of YouTube and university and Google university and all the types of things. But then everybody just kept saying the same thing. You just got to take action. Like you can't figure it all out. You just got to take massive action. And basically what I did was I bought a list from the States. I call, called like over a hundred people and they're all just from the States. Yeah. So in the States you can actually, yeah. So in the States you can actually buy a list. So I bought a list. I had all the systems because you have like, that's for the U S right for the U S yeah. yeah, For the U S. So I was doing that like February of last year and I was call calling like Alabama and all these other places. But I was just like, man, I don't know anything about the market. I don't know any investors. Like this is way too complicated. And that's when I came across uh, people that were doing it in Canada, right? Matt McKeever, some of his team. And uh, that's basically when I did my first marketing campaign. I got on the phone with Mike, Mike Nowicki. And mm-hmm. um, I was like, Mike, I really want to do this. You know, da, 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 da. And then he actually gave me his, uh, his, li- his uh, sheet that he sends out for the flyers. He actually, like, obviously there was an exchange of money and, and whatnot, right? And then I used that to do my first marketing campaign in Hamilton. Nice. Nice. So how was the success in the States just out of curiosity? And did you find any of the things you're doing in the States carrying over to any relevance in Canada? Because I know it's much different wholesaling between the two countries. Well, in the States, it was a lot easier just because I was targeting specific people that were motivated. So in that sense, it was easy, but it was just more like there were so much people doing it. So they were like, you're like the 30, 30th call that I get from this. I don't want to sell. And then I had some people that were actually motivated and they wanted to sell. But then I didn't know anything about like just the market, mm. what the properties looked like. I, I just didn't have any knowledge in that sense. So it was kind of it was a little challenging. But uh, I, 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 even till today, I still believe there's, there's a lot of opportunity and, and there's a lot of people that do it virtually in the States. So that's the fact that I really like and that you can build like, have like virtual assistants and all this other stuff. It's a little easier from that side, but it's definitely easier when you're here, right? Like if you're doing it in Canada. And exactly. You can, you can, you can attend the walkthroughs, face-to-face negotiations if need be. Makes a lot of sense. Okay. So you sent that mailer campaign in Hamilton. How did that turn out? Because Typically, we don't see that many wholesale deals in Hamilton nowadays just because, I mean, the cost per lead is just ridiculous there and everyone is doing it from investors to wholesalers, right? So how did that first kind of marketing campaign pan well, out? Yeah, you no, it, that, wait, let me, let me just add in here. So when did you start Hamilton again? Like when, when did you so, actually start Canada? So Canada, it was like more like, uh, I want to say in the summertime. Uh, so okay. like last July, August, around that time. And you didn't, you didn't actually do any deals in the US, right? Like you, you no, no. I actually got one property on a contract. Uh, okay, I actually nice. got one part of the contract and wow. I tried to move it. I put it in some groups. I put it in some places, but I, like I said, I just didn't know the market and people were telling yeah. me that's way too much. Like that's overpriced. And I just didn't know, but I was like, I had that experience of getting something on a contract using DocuSign, but I just didn't find a buyer and I just backed out. I just, yeah, I ended yeah. up going through with it. Uh, cool. but yeah, so my first, so that was in Hamilton and it was good because at that time there was a lot of people doing it, but there wasn't that much like there is now in Hamilton. So when I did it, um, I had a bunch of calls and I, I didn't even like pre-qualify the lead or anything. I just said, oh, you want to sell your house? I'll be over there in like five minutes because I lived in Hamilton at that time. So I just I would just go there just for the experience, get to know what, what the process was like. Um, and a lot of the people just wanted full retail. Their house didn't need any repairs. It was just kind of... They wanted full retail and I just give it to a realtor at that point. I was so like, I yeah. think you were, you were also at the beginning of COVID, right? Or kind of yeah. like... March it began, but like May, June is kind of like that, like uneasy, like period of time in the, in the COVID world. And people were probably like, oh, like maybe I'll sell my house if this guy will give me like a decent price. Right. So uh, yeah. I'm sure there was a lot of those callers. So that was very, it was a very opportunistic time. So I guess, did you get any deals out of the Hamilton like fire campaign or no? 
Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, yeah. So a bunch of calls. I went to a couple walkthroughs. Obviously, like the regular people that had a bunch of people swearing at me and like telling me. Like, it was a lot of tenants actually that were calling me and they were telling me like, I don't want to, I don't want to sell my house to you guys. You know, you guys are scammers. You guys are gonna come and raise the rent, the rents and all this crap. And I was like, no, that's that's definitely not. But I'm, <laughs> you know, you, it comes, it comes with wholesaling and any sort of any of those businesses where you're reaching out to a bunch of group of people. Um, but yeah, so basically, what happened was. The, like right before the end, the campaign was dying. So like, like in the last couple of days, I had one call and it was somebody who was like, Hey, I want to sell my house. Da, 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 da. They were motivated because they were moving out East. Um, in their property, there were, uh, it was, it was a really nice house. Actually. It was like a three-story house in Hamilton, downtown Hamilton, but they already had all the drawings and everything to make it into a six unit. Oh, wow. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So their investor or their investor savvy. Yeah, 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 basically. But they were just like, it's just too much with COVID and everything. We don't want to go through all the hustle, right? Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah, like we we want to sell. And then I was like, okay, like I'm I'm thinking from my mindset, it was all like, you know, two, 300 range for a house, right? And they were like, yeah, we want 500,000. And at that time I was like, mm -hmm. whoa, that's way too much. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, that's, I offered them, I think I offered them 350. And they were like, are you crazy? Like we have the drawings and everything. <laughs> and I was like, I thought it was a good deal at 350, but then what ended up happening is one of the one of the people that I knew for a long time, he's a really big investor out in Hamilton. His name is Zach Wills. Um, mm -hmm. He was like, Jeff, any deals you have, let me know, right? Let me know. And I was like, okay, I actually came across this deal. I give him all the information. He's like, like, let's do it. Like, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you like, just give me the, the seller's information and I'll contact them directly. And I'll give you like a fee outside of closing and outside. It's because it's more of a bird dog deal. Um, but I ended up doing that. I give him the contact information. And then he, he got the property locked up and it's crazy. So this deal, uh, he just told me it was, it was going to be appraised at about 1.3 mil or 1.2, 1.3 mil. Once it's all the rentals, cause it's six units wow. in Hamilton. And like the rental is like about two, I think 150 to 200,000. So it's a home run deal. All day yeah. Long. Yeah. Full yeah. burr and cash flowing crazy. But at that time I didn't know that that was a deal. I didn't mm. even, I, I was just like, that was way too much. Right. I, I didn't really know how to analyze the deal. Uh, but I'm still really good friends with them. And that was my first official like deal that I did. It was my first marketing campaign. I was like, holy crap, this is, uh, this is getting, for me, it was, it was only four, four or $5,000. But for me, it was just like, this is real. Like I've, I actually, I see the check, like it's real, you know? So that's fantastic. One, one important thing to point out there is you also had the buyer lined up, the right type of buyer lined up, right? Um, you could have got that deal. And as you said, it's like, oh, I didn't know what to do with it. Um, and, and given that you were newer in real estate on the, like, let's say the conversion side, turning like, I don't know, it was a single family duplex to a six unit. Um, you, you wouldn't know. It's like, okay, what do I do with this now? You wouldn't know a fair price to offer. Right. But good thing you had an experienced investor or buyer, uh, lined up. So that's just as important as much as you got the deal. You also had the network to offload the deal because very well, a new wholesaler could have made $0 coming out of that. Right. So kudos for you for networking along the way. Um, let's kind of continue moving forward. So you, you had that deal. Did you continue wholesaling? What did you do from here? Yeah. So from there, I did some other marketing campaigns in Hamilton, but I found that the, the mark, the Hamilton market was just so competitive. Everybody was, the, the, some people were calling me and they were telling me this is like the 10th letter they received in the week. And I was like, I, I got to figure something out. In a out. week. In a week. Yeah. In <laughs> a week. So I was just like, this is, this is, everybody's doing the same thing. So I got to figure something else out. Uh, I'll kind of, I'll kind of just move around both. What, what happened here? Cause I think it's pretty important. What happened uh, during this time is that I actually met Sean Rhea. Uh, I met him through, uh, I posted on Facebook that I was looking to see a duplex in Port Colburn. And he just reached out to me. He's like, Jeff, you know, is it a, oh, no, sorry. I said, I need a contractor to go look at this property. 
And he was like, hey, Jeff, is it a duplex? And what's the purchase price, right? And I was like, this is the purchase price. I think it was like 190 at the time. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I'm like, yeah, it is a, it's a duplex. So he's like, do you want a JV on it? And I'm like, I, I'm like, JV, I'm like, for sure. Like, I have no idea what yeah. I'm doing. So for sure. Like, and I didn't even know who he was at the time. And we met up in, um, we met up in, um, in Crystal Beach and we went out for lunch and like, we just talked a little bit more and, and that's, and I actually, I'm actually really good friends with him now and just kind of got to know him a lot. And, and it was just great. It was like, so like, I recommend everybody to network and just like, just every opportunity you get to talk to any investors, like do it because like the relationships that you can build from any of those lunches or dinners or whatever, like it's, it's priceless. Uh, so I just wanted to say that quickly, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So then after that, I was stuck. I, I tried to do, I tried to do more marketing campaigns in Hamilton. I wasn't getting any deals. I was kind of frustrated because I hadn't actually, that was more of a bird dog. So I wouldn't consider it an actual deal. And then what ended up happening is October, November, I ended up seeing Janae, Harvinder, all these people like doing crazy deals, 30 K, 40 K, 50 K. And I'm like, I got to figure some what they know that I don't know. Right. And I reached out to them. They're like, yeah, we're being coached by, by Earphone. And, um, and I reached out to Irfan. I was like, yeah, Irfan, like, I'm really interested. I, I want to, I just need mentorship. I need to figure out what I don't know. What am I doing wrong? And I ended up getting the mentorship with them. And it was really like for me at that time, like I didn't have the money. I ended up getting it through a line of credit, uh, but it was 15,000. And I was like, I don't know if this is going to be worth it or not, but I got to try it. Right? You got to take a leap of faith, right? Like, and this is a conversation I was having with another investor over the week. And I'm like, at multiple times in our journeys, there's like moments of like, am I doing this? Like, I'm going to be balls deep in this. And like, I don't have the money. I can't afford this, but I'm just going to take a leap of faith. Right. So it sounds like you took a leap of faith on Irfan. And then what happened? So wait, but wait, was it duplex in the Niagara region? Was that before this? Like, did you already? Yeah. Like- yeah, it was before that, but this was actually, this came from a realtor that just kind of sent me the lead. We went to go look at it, but it needed way too many renovations. Um, so Sean is like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't think it's worth it. I don't think it's a good deal, but it was just that relationship that I built with them over time. And like, I just kept in contact with them and we went over lunch a bunch of times and, and uh, it was just a relationship, right? It was like, he was like, why are you doing Hamilton when they're Niagara region? It's like, you tell me all about the Niagara region. That's when I'm like... <laughs> I got to stop doing Hamilton. I got to go into the Niagara region. I think that's, that's kind of where I should be focusing mm-hmm. more. So it kind of gave me a, another, another, another route to another go. market to pursue. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I ended up getting uh, earphone as my coach and like the first couple, the first couple times, like we went to go look at a couple properties and like a week after getting his mentorship, we went to go look at a, a fourplex out in, uh, it was a Procobran actually as well. And the guy was asking like 275, which was crazy because it was a fourplex, but he needed a bunch of rentals. Uh, some other wholesaler ended up snatching it off me like last minute. Like I was about to go get the contract signed and I was really down on myself. Like, ah, oh, man, like this, this really sucks and whatnot. Right. And Irfan just told me, just stay with it, you know, keep doing marketing campaigns. And I just kept at it. I just kept doing marketing, putting offers, negotiating prices, just getting familiar with the process. And then like maybe January, yeah, January of this year. Yeah. Wow. January of this year. Uh, I locked up a property out in, in Waterford, which is like, uh, like 45 minutes off, 30 minutes off of Brantford. And I ended up getting a buyer like the same day. And like, he gave me the money cash and it was like, it was a 10 K deal. And that was like my officially first deal that I assigned that I locked up and the whole process. And, uh, it was probably one of the best days of my life. I, I have to say just cash. Like he, see, I having that in cash and knowing that like this money was created from nothing. Right. Uh, that was, uh, that's what changed it for me. And then after that, everything just started rolling like one deal after the other deal after the other deal, everything just kind of started flowing. Uh, but I have to just, so that was the first like real deal that you got. 
up until then you had spent about like six to eight months, maybe like sending out, I'm assuming you were still sending out flyers. Yeah. You were still like marketing. Um, but then after that first deal, things started to roll in and you were starting to get deals, right? What made, what was the difference? Cause the first eight months versus um, the last eight months, right? Um, what really changed, right? Like, did you start sending out more flyers? Were you just doubling down the business? Your sales tactic change? Was it the negotiation confidence, whatever it was? I would have to say it was a mix of uh, a mix of everything because I with with wholesaling, I'm sure Austin can can touch base on this. When you send some some marketing campaigns, um, sometimes they don't call you right away, but they might yeah. call you like a month, a month and a half, or two months. And they're like, "Oh, you know what? I got your flyer like three months ago, but now they're ready to sell because maybe they have a health issue, something happened." So that's kind of something that happened as well. Like a lot of those people that got my my marketing campaigns from long ago. They were calling me now, right? So everything just—it was like the seats, right? I was just putting all the seats, and then everything just started started rolling right after that. But of course, I would have to say it was the mentorship. So many times that I that would stuck because the seller would say something, or he would say something, and I would just go back to my mentor and I'd be like, "Hey, what should I say?" And he would tell me exactly what to say, what to put on the contract, uh, like just everything from A to Z. So that was for me. That that's what changed everything because I understood what I needed to do now, right? Maybe do some VTV here seller finance, all these different things that I just had no idea about. So the mentorship, I would have to say, was what made all the difference. I wouldn't have been able to even, I would have been too scared to even lock up a property and, and know that it was conditional, right? Like I was scared to put any offers because I was like, what if I can't get a buyer? And it's like, what's well, conditional? So yeah. realistically, you know, you're good, right? But it was just that mindset more than anything. So it sounds like, like, I mean, both of you guys can answer this question, but it sounds like wholesaling's got like almost like a six month like lead time right? Where like, you got to like put in the work for about six months realistically before you start to see the, the fruits of the effort. I don't know. Maybe you guys agree. Maybe you guys, maybe you guys don't. I guess it depends, right? Like you can get lucky. You can't might get one deal. You know, it's, it's so, it's so hard to say how much, how long it's going to take you to get your first deal. But I think more than anything is actually just surrounding yourself with people that are doing deals, people that are looking for deals and just not giving up, right? Like it, yeah, so many times you're going to want to give up. Like you're going to be like, man, this uh, seller didn't accept my offer. Uh, I couldn't get a buyer, like so many different things that could happen. And you might just want to give up and say like, oh, you know, this doesn't work. Like it's, it's, it's only for the people that get lucky or whatever. Right. So it's kind of just staying at it and not giving up, I would say. Cool. So Jeff, you were talking a bit about the wholesaling and uh, we kind of want to dig deeper into your journey as well as to uh, uh, fast forward a bit. But before we start fast forwarding, I, I want you to share um, kind of one wholesale deal you're most proud of. How did the negotiation go? Like, give us really the breakdown with the real life example for the audience. Okay, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a that's a great point. So, what one of my I would say my one of my, my my most proud deals was a deal that I did out here in the Niagara region. And uh, and the reason why, like, I would say that I was so proud of it was because when the seller first got on the phone with me, she was very skeptical, right? She was like, "Oh, you know, like, have you guys done this before?" Like, she's very skeptical, right? And basically what I really tried to explain to her was that I was in there to help her. Like I was, I didn't even care about the property. I just wanted to help her situation. And like, how could I have helped her? Right. Like it wasn't even about the house. It was just about how can I assist her in her situation? And basically what ended up happening with that deal is she had a realtor that wanted to list the property, but the realtor just didn't really care about the relationship. She was just more like, you know, let's list it right now. Right. Where I was coming in and I was like, you know, I really feel for you. I really want to help out. You know, how can we make everything work out? And um, and then what ended up happening is I actually ended up helping that seller uh, move her stuff. I actually, uh, me and my brother actually rented a U-Haul truck and we just put everything into the U-Haul truck. We drove it all the way to Toronto and we like literally left all the stuff, you know, put it all the stuff in the house. And it was a lot of work, 
And, and at the end of it, she was so happy. She was actually in tears. Like she was crying. She was like, you guys are, have been so amazing. I would have never had this experience with a realtor because they're just all about the, like not all realtors, but most of them are just about the commission and like onto the next kind of thing, right? Where we were just very personal and very trying to resolve the problem. And I think that's, that's one thing with wholesaling is like, so many people focus on the price, but it's really about the problem. Like wh- what situation are you in that I can help? Whether it's the terms, maybe you can help out with the terms. Maybe it's the closing, moving their stuff. So many different things other than just the price. Cause the price, like that's the first thing that everybody goes for. Right. But it's like, find out their why and work around the why. And then that will help you make a lot more deals and feel better about the deals as well. What was their why in that scenario? So their yeah, why was, was so so their why was that uh, they were originally from here, but their husband was from the States and he was having hard issues. And their plan was that property was going to be like their retirement home, right? But he needed a lot of work and the husband just had a lot of health issues and they couldn't renovate it. So it was kind of like midway through renovation. And uh, and yeah, that was pretty much their why. And they, they had to like, they didn't have the bodies to actually move all their stuff. And they're really worried about like how messy it was and all this stuff, right? And basically what I came in and told them is like, I'm, I'm here to help you out. So like, we'll get a U-Haul truck. We'll take care of that. We'll put the stuff in the U-Haul truck. You guys don't have to worry about anything. And this is going to be a really smooth transaction. You're not going to have people walking through the house, right? Because that's another thing that people worry about is like, I don't want to have all these people walking through the house and, you know, it's such a mess and like, I deal with all the headaches. So I find like, that was their why, like, that was the reason why they wanted to sell. And uh, yeah, I ended up, everything ended up working out really well with that one. What was your fee on that? So the fee on that was, uh, it was 11,000. Okay. Yeah. Oh, nice. yeah. And, and you got the U-Haul before you got the deal under contract. Is that right? So you no, helped no. no, no. So the U-Haul, the U-Haul was on the, like it was on a weekend. Like we already had it on the contract. I already had it assigned. Everything was done. Okay. It was just more, they, they needed to move their stuff to the new, to the property that they already had. This was just a, a like a retirement home. So oh, just gotcha. more getting, moving that stuff to there because the husband was having a lot of issues and whatnot. And like, yeah, she ended up like, and then at the end of it, what we did is we gave her like a little basket with like, you know, congrats on selling your house with like a little bottle of uh, whiskey or something like that. And, and like a little card and, and she was literally on tears. She was crying and she's like, you know, you guys have been amazing. I'll never forget this and, and whatnot. And she gave us a review. Like, so we recorded the, vi- the uh, video of her review and uh, we use that to put on our social media and whatnot. And it was just a good experience overall. Yeah. And ultimately you feel good about yourself because you genuinely uh, was able to help someone out of a shitty situation. So kudos to you. Sorry, Maya, you were going to jump in and say something? I think I, I literally just said, wow, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's all good. Wow. Uh, speechless. Yeah. Did you ever think about like holding these properties and flipping them yourself? Like, I'm just curious, like what goes on in, in a wholesaler's mind? Or are you just, you know what, this is my business model. I'm not going to deviate from it. Yeah, absolutely. And like, that's something that like, again, like that's why I always go back to my mentors. Cause like whenever there would be any deal, we would put it through like a, like a little channel almost. Right. And it was like, okay, we can wholesale it. We can make X amount. We can flip it. We can make X amount. And in a lot of these deals for us, for what we were looking for, it didn't work. Like we were looking like me, especially us primarily, we're looking for multifamilies and we were looking for like properties that need X amount of rentals. And a lot of the times when I put them through, they just didn't fit the, the, the category of what we're looking for. So at that point we're like, okay, let's just wholesale it. Right. It's so definitely, I definitely have thought about flipping and like definitely has crossed my mind, but it's like, if I can just make some quick money fast, like yeah. not quick, but like, you know, if I can make faster money and I don't have to deal with a lot of the headaches, then I'd rather kind of do that and move it forward and onto the next. But it, the only thing is that then you have to go into the next and yeah, <laughs> 
<laughs> you're you're ironing out really your unique ability, which is able to get the deal locket under contract. And slowly you'll progress into buying these properties, maybe flipping it, maybe buying and holding it. But you know what you're good at. You're sharpening that skill set and you're monetizing it. So kudos to you for that. Um, okay, so like after wholesaling, where are you right now? Because you're doing a bunch of things on the side, right? So you wholesale a couple of deals. I assume you're still wholesaling right now, right? So that's still active. Yeah. So basically with wholesaling, the way I, we kind of done it now is more just have it as a tool, right? Where like, you know, if we can, if we can want to wholesale, we can wholesale. I have buyers list. I have buyers that want to buy. I have a really good buyer in the Niagara region where there's any deal and he runs it through. It makes sense. He's actually a realtor, but he closes on all the properties. I've wholesaled like maybe six deals to him. And like, he's nice. like, I, I'm looking for 20 more. So it's like, he's a serious buyer. He closes. There's no issues. Sometimes even on the first walkthrough, I'll just bring him with me. And then I'll just be like, Hey, you know, like we'll go through the walkthrough and he'll be like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take it at this price. And then I'll just go and negotiate under it and just kind of make that difference. So that, that, that is good because you're not dealing with buyers that you haven't dealt with. Like I know Austin was mentioning that earlier that you deal with some of those, cause I've had those, I, I wholesale the deal in Barry. And it fell through two times. On the last time that it fell through, I had to VTV my wholesale fee until they sold the property. So, which was, I've, I never would have even thought about a strategy like that. But again, my mentor kind of, he's like, in order for it to close, this is what you have to do. And I wholesaled my, no, I VTV my wholesale fee with some interest. And then when they sold the property, I got my my wholesale fee. Uh, but it, you have to get so creative, I think, with uh, with some of these deals. Yeah, for sure. So, so what are you, what are you doing now? So like how many wholesale deals have you done so far this year? Um, and what do you see as kind of being next for you? Like what's your, what's your goal? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So honestly, this year, I would say, I would say probably over 15 deals this year so far. Uh, I don't know an exact amount, but I mean, I know in profits, like we've made a little bit over 200,000 in wholesale fees. And my, my whole goal was like just to make a hundred thousand for the year. Right. And like, you know, we still have a few months left and there's a couple of deals that, that I actually have on a contract right now, but yeah, what's next for uh, for for us and for me is um, now that I've done wholesaling, I have a property in in uh, Fort Erie that I've uh, kind of burr, uh, not full burr, but is uh, I'm house hacking it, so I'm living on one side, renting on the other side, and living for like three hundred dollars a month, and then we were able to renovate both units, and uh, we have a, a deal closing on October, which is uh, a duplex in Welland. We picked that up for three forty five. And then it should oh. be like, yeah, <laughs> a duplex yeah. for three forty five. Yeah. A duplex well, for three forty five, and yeah. well, it, wow, on the market, crazy. on the market. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, it was on when the market. Was when was this? This is uh, we a month ago, and it closes October. What the heck? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's actually, it's actually on the MLS. Oh yeah, especially <laughs> now that it's not as hot as it was before. I find the the, the MLS is definitely somewhere you can go in and just. The, the way I say it, just make an offer. Like what, what's the worst that can happen, right? They say no, right? And then you can like, yeah. okay. But uh, yeah, that one was uh, the cheapest duplex I've sold in the Niagara region in the whole year. And it's not that bad. It's it's not that bad. No, no. The only thing is that it doesn't have a, it doesn't have a driveway or a garage, but you know, there's other things, that, you know, you can park in front and whatnot, right? Yeah. But 345, we're going to rent it. And the rentals should be maybe like 50, 50K. And the ARV is like 550 to 600 easily, easily. And then what we're trying to do is possibly put a third unit because there's a separate entrance to the basement. So put a third unit and it'll be more like a bachelor. But uh, that's the plan with that one. So we got that one. On, that one was October 1st, but I was actually, that's my first JV deal. So I brought 
the partner who brought the money for the closing and the down payment, and then we're bringing in the rentals. Um, so that's my first JV deal. And then aside from that, um, I've joined a mastermind where we're looking to buy apartment builders across Canada. So, cause I, have always been obsessed with apartment builders. That's always been in the back of my head. Like at the end of my journey, I want to buy apartment buildings. Like that's always been like my, my goal and, uh, came across somebody, you know, Alfonso who was doing like just 600 units. And now he's trying to get by like hundred units at a time. And I came across his mastermind and some of his students and they're all making offers on like 50, 75 units. And it's just like, it really helps you level up because now I'm just like, I was thinking too small, <laughs> like duplexes and all this. I was thinking way too small. So being surrounded by those people. And uh, yeah, that's the goal now is just to buy apartment buildings across Canada and, and uh, enjoy the cash flow. <laughs> so how's that hunt for uh, apartment buildings? Cause that's a totally different game, right? Like you have yeah. your house hack, you have your duplex and now you're trying to jump up 10 plus units. Yeah, it's it's been great lately. Like for me right now, it's been uh, just kind of going through the modules and like learning how to run the numbers. Um, as I get deeper in, like I'll be able to make offers and whatnot. But what I, my, me personally, what I think is, is uh, it's great that you have a mentor or it's great that you have somebody who's done it so that if you ever come across any hurdles or any any issues, you can always go back and be like, hey, I got this issue. Not only that, but when you're getting into the apartment building, it's going to be a lot of like, who are you, right? What apartments do you have? So I'm able to leverage the network and ever leverage, you know, Alfonso and some of the people in the group and be like, you know, I'm part of this network where we bought X amount of properties, X amount of units, and people can take you a little bit more serious, right? Because they're like, okay, this guy can't close, right? Because within our network, we can like we can actually raise the capital and close some of these deals. Uh, so it's uh, it's very powerful to be able to tell you know a realtor that like we've bought you know between my network we bought X amount of uh, units last year. And we're serious. Like as long as the numbers make sense, we can close on it. So it's been great. I, I really enjoy it. Honestly, I it's uh, it's really different. It's really different. I'm I'm really learning how um, how the apartment building game is. It's a complete different space, but I I'm, I love it. I love it. I definitely see myself in that for sure. I know you haven't gone too deep in the apartment space, but do you think to properly be an apartment building buyer that you really have to expand your geographical like horizon. Like you can't be like, I'm going to buy in Niagara. I'm going to buy in Windsor. I'm going to buy in London, right? That like you kind of have to go, I'm going to buy in Ontario. Right. 100%. My great, great minds think alike. That was exactly <laughs> what I was going to ask. hundred <laughs> percent. And that's exactly what happened is obviously me, you know, me, I live in Fort Erie. So, you know, being in Fort Erie, I was looking across here. I was looking for apartment buildings here, but there just isn't many. And the ones that are the cap rate and, and just the numbers don't make sense, right? It just doesn't make negative cash flow or like even getting tenants out, like you know, with with apartment buildings here in Ontario, it's really hard. You know, you got to do cash for keys. You know, you, you know, you guys know, right? So yeah, so exactly that's what it is. Is with the mentorship that I'm in, it's across Canada. So I'm looking at New Brunswick, I'm looking at Saskatoon, I'm looking at Alberta, and the great thing is that within our network they have the property management company. They have the, the people in there because it's across Canada, all the students, right? So if I need a walkthrough in New Brunswick, we have people in New Brunswick so they can do the walkthrough. They can, you know, we can we can leverage those those relationships. So that's kind of what I'm looking because I'm, I'm thinking about it. If, if, I, if I can buy across Canada, then I really, it really does become a business rather than me buying on my back here. And then I'm going to be so tempted to go see it, you know, go manage it, something breaks where now it's across Canada. So I have to leverage you know, the, the property management and the plumber and the electrician and all the other stuff. So yeah, definitely. That that's a power team on steroids. Pretty much <laughs> when you join the members, uh, you join the network, you also get access to all of their, I assume like their contractors, realtors, property managers, so on and so forth. So that sounds like uh, a fantastic value prop 
Um, one thing I did want to ask about the uh, apartment spaces, let me know true or false. And, and I know this is still relatively new to you. Do you need a lot of money to break into the apartment space? Because that's my first assumption, right? You need like three, four, five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars Well, I guess in Ontario, but in general, do you need a lot of capital? I, I honestly don't think so. Just because like, what we're trying to do, right, is find a deal, make sure the numbers make sense, have all the all all the pieces in in place, and then obviously raise the capital between either five investors or one or two investors. But like some of the deals that I've been looking at, like I was just telling Mayu earlier, I was looking at some properties in New Brunswick, and it's like a ten unit for like one hundred and sixty, one hundred seventy thousand. So it's it's uh, it's not that bad. But obviously, as you get bigger into the bigger unit, you know your purchase price is going to be higher. The only thing is that uh, I know your deposits are going to be a lot bigger because now you're dealing with a much bigger uh, price point. Uh, but there's ways to go around it, right? So I personally don't think you need that much that much money like that uh, if you're trying to leverage you know, other people's money. Because that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to use other people's money and, and really scale, right? Because I think that's, the, that's really the only way you're going to be able to really scale is, is other people. Not my own resources, but that, that's- Is that joint thinking. ventureships or is that private money? Uh, I would say join your joint venture, uh, joint ventures until you refinance it. You know, in a, in a year, two years, you know, pay pay your investors out and, and kind of keep the property. Or you know, if it's somebody in your network and you want to keep it with them, then why not? You know. So yeah, mainly joint ventures. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to leverage my credit and all my resources as well, and kind of get things, you know, up and running. You know, like line of credits and all this stuff, leveraging as much as I can for my personal. Um, maybe somebody has a deal and I can bring the down payment or the qualification or whatever, like. There's so many ways to collaborate. And then my favorite is VTV, right? <laughs> so VTV is, is big in the apartment building space. So that's what I find. And uh, that's what I love because I love VTV. I love being creative. But when you're dealing with, uh, you know, Bob, who just, this is one property or has two properties, they might not want to do VTV, but when it's an investor and you can under, they understand the, the terms, the interest, all that stuff, they're going to be a lot more, you know, wanting to do the VTV. Yeah. And it's their building, right? Yeah. And a lot of these apartments are owned by other investors that have multiple properties that understand the game and seller financing. It's been around for a long time. Right? Like everyone talks about it now, but especially in that apartment building world, like it's super common, right? Um, that, that's, that's super interesting, Matt. Do you have something else you want to talk about? Or are, you, are we good? To- uh, yeah, yeah, actually, actually I did want to just ask um, like Austin, like how has it been like just managing and like managing other people to kind of build systems? I guess my, my question is, is the systems to to run the business and run companies like how has that been for you and and like any any tips or advice you can uh, you can give me for that for just systems one it's not it's not necessarily cheap mm. <laughs> when you start hiring things out so make sure you definitely um, have some liquidity there um, because keep in mind when you run systems that usually means a monthly cost for us we have Salesforce which is not cheap right that's a couple hundred dollars a month we have a virtual assistant. Uh, 40 hours a week, full time with us, right? Because we don't want to share resources. Because the important thing with wholesaling, as you know, is, is that it's on call, right? So at any time, an offer needs to be sent out. At any time, an amendment needs to be sent out. Um, so anything in terms of transactional stuff or DocuSign related, our VA completely handles. All of the emails being sent out, our VA handles. Any scheduling of meetings, our VA handles, right? So mm-hmm. we try to keep away from all of these operational things as much as possible. And for things like when you start doing more volume, um, one thing I started realizing, I started losing track of like, did we make a deposit for this property? When does this property close? When does that property close? So what I do now is leverage my VA every single day, every single morning. Um, I want you to send me a snapshot of what properties we have under contract 
Have we signed a mutual release with them? Have we assigned it? When did they close? Has the deposit been like, she's sending that email to us every single day. Right. So like, I don't have to struggle to remember things because as a business owner, you don't want to struggle to remember the nitty gritty. You'd rather have someone who is specialized or not specialized in that, who can help remind you, right. Whether that be daily email, so on and so forth. Um, lead intake managers. You don't want to be spending your first time betting out, you know, people to see if they're serious or not. So go ahead and do that. Dispositions managers. Right now, I'm still handling dispositions, but I'm going to start moving away from that. Right. Um, if you want to treat it as a business, like you know, like well, you've been wholesaling long enough to know the steps of wholesaling. Yeah. You just need to replace yourself with someone else in each one of those steps. Right. Mm-hmm. Whether that means you're paying them a base, um, whether that means you're paying them commission. Commission is probably more preferable because they do well when the business does well. So mm-hmm. it incentivizes them to grind. But I, I don't really think it's too complicated in systemizing. The issue is everyone tries to systemize everything at once, which is overwhelming and damn near impossible. Do one element at a time. Remove yourself from one element. That's a huge win. And then remove yourself from another element, right? Like systemizing your business could take damn near a year, right? It's not, it's not like a two or three month process. It's like a year long process where you continually refine it. But that's just my thoughts on it. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. That's awesome. Cool, man. So, so generally at this time, we like to ask our guests three questions. So the first question for you, Jeff, is uh, where are we going to be seeing you five years from now? Personal, professional, business, like whatever it is. Yeah, definitely. So definitely quitting my nine to five. Like my goal is to quit my nine to five in the next like year, year and a half. Uh, and the goal right now, like my company's goal is to to be at uh, 4,500 units in the next five to six years. Um, you know, that's, that's the goal. And, uh, you know, spending a lot of time with, uh, with family and, and, you know, traveling a little bit more as you know, with COVID has been, has <laughs> been really hard to travel and, and do really anything. So that's, that's kind of where, where I want th- that to be. But I also am very passionate about educational and like just helping people out because, uh, I find that the more you give is the more that comes back. So I, I love helping people out in any, I uh, actually, as, as you mentioned that I'm, I'm going to be having a course for like, uh, how to get your first wholesale deal coming out in the next like two, three, two, three weeks for anybody who's interested. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where I see in the next five years. That's awesome. And shoot us the link over to that course. We'll go ahead and put that in the show notes below. Second question here is if you won $10 million and you had seven days to spend it and you cannot spend it all on real estate. So don't tell me you're going to buy 6,500 <laughs> units. <laughs> How would you spend it and why? Definitely would take all my family on like a big, long trip. Um, and then I would probably spend another little bit on, on buying businesses um, especially businesses that are like, you know, they're not getting hit as hard by COVID. And then lastly, I would buy a bunch of NFTs. I've been actually getting really heavy into the NFTs and the crypto and the whole Ethereum and everything. So I would buy a bunch of NFTs and, uh, and Ethereum. That's what I would probably do in Bitcoin. <laughs> Dude, NFT is one thing that like, I've been struggling to like understand the valuations on NFTs. And it just seems kind of like a, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you're buying digital art and it is not too far. And this might be unpopular opinion here, but it's not too far off from the greater food theory where it's, I'm going to buy something because there's a lot of like online, like demand for it. And I'm hoping that the next individual that comes along is willing to pay more for the same piece of digital art. Is that not true? <laughs> Honestly, I'm still so new to it. I don't really understand it either. And I know it's, there's so much things going on, but I just, I don't know. I just see, I see an opportunity. I see there's something there. Yeah, and like I don't know if you've seen Matt McKeever, like that monkey's worth 
over 150,000. Yeah. Like that is insane. Right. So I don't know, there's something there. So that's probably what I would do if I had, <laughs> if I had all those millions of dollars for sure. <laughs> One thing that I appreciate you, uh, about you, Jeff, is like, you see an opportunity and out of curiosity, you kind of investigate it. Like that text message that said, you'll make, I don't know, whatever that wholesaling text yeah. message will make you rich, no money down. You're like, this is bullshit, but let me look into it. NFT, same thing. It's like, Oh shit. Like Matt, Matt's photo or whatever, that monkey worth 150 <laughs> grand seems crazy, but let me look into it. it might be an opportunity. And that's, that's really the true Inquisitive mind, essence yeah. of an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I appreciate mind. it for, for me. The way I look at it is like, like I don't, we didn't get to this, but like I come from Colombia, like that's where I was born and raised and I didn't have much growing up at all. And just being in this land of opportunities, like I look at it, like what's the worst that can happen. Right. And like, that's what happened with wholesaling. I was like, what's the worst the thing that can happen? And then that part of it was, I'm like, what's the worst thing that can happen? And I'm just like, let's just see, let's just find the people that are doing it and just, just pay for them. Like I rather pay with, I'd rather pay with, with, uh, with money than time for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Um, the last question is if you could have dinner with anyone dead or alive, who would you choose and why? You know, it's crazy. I thought about this question a lot because I was like, there's so many people that come to mind, but definitely I uh, would be, uh, I would be a mix of Stefan Arnio and Robert, Robert Kisiaki. Uh Stefan Arnio, just because I've read so many of his books and I just love them. I love every single, Money People Deal, that was the first book that really got me understanding how the, how the whole real estate works, right? You have, a, a, you have the deal and you have the, the people, you can find the money. And then Robert obviously changing. He's like the goat of, of real estate. And also definitely just having a conversation with both of them, I think would be, would bring a lot of value. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Um, and, and Jeff really appreciate you jumping on the podcast today. You're a ball of energy. Your story is phenomenal, man. You're just a guy who, and I think we mentioned it, who just sees an opportunity and jumps on investigates further. And you don't give up, man. Like one thing that I learned here is that like things obviously didn't pan out the first couple of months in wholesaling, but you're consistent. Uh, you're not afraid to invest in yourself. I think there's just so many golden nuggets that newer investors can pull from this because keep in mind, you haven't been doing this very long, but yet you were able to make tremendous progress. Um, whether you think it uh, it is or not, like you, to a lot of people, that is phenomenal progress. So kudos to you and everything you've done, man. And we're really looking forward to you hitting your goal in five, six years of 6,500 units. And I don't, I don't doubt that you are going to, uh, not miss that goal at all. Like I'm positive you're going to hit that. Um, so if anyone wants to reach out to you, connect with you, how could they do so? Yeah, no, I really appreciate those kind words, uh, Austin. It, it really means a lot. Um, and yeah, definitely. So anybody wants to reach out to me, I'm, I'm more than happy to answer any questions. Like I'm, I'm still fairly new and I just want to provide as much value and help as many people as I can. Uh, they can hit me up on IG. So it's uh, jeff.ortiz, O-R-T-I-Z, underscore V-A. Um, and then also I'm really big on TikTok just cause, uh, I had an interview with Khan from, uh, from the States. I don't know if you got you Khan let's get with this money, that Asian guy. Yeah. I think you were on his <laughs> podcast as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was in his, in his yeah. podcast and he just told me to go all in on, on uh, TikTok. So I've been really active on TikTok. Um, so you can also hit me up on TikTok, which is Jefferson Ortiz. Uh, so J J E F F E R S O N Ortiz, uh, V A. So, uh, V A. Uh, yeah, that's my TikTok as well. Awesome, man. Really appreciate you jumping on all of your link. All of the links that uh, Jeff just mentioned will be in the show notes below. Um, make sure, guys, if you enjoyed this episode to like, subscribe, follow, comment on Apple um, podcast, do whatever you can to support it. And uh, until then, everyone invest smarter and live better. Take care, all.